You are listening to the Startup Playground. Show where I invite entrepreneurs, startup founders, and game changers to talk about their success stories, learn from their mistakes, and hear about their interesting experiences. Hoi Naki Kinigi to all the Filipino listeners, and hey listeners to everybody here. My name is Elvis, and I'm the host of this show. In this episode, we're going to talk about superfood, particularly about Moringa, or as others could call it, Moringa oleifera. is a plant that originates from sub-Himalaya areas such as India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and Afghanistan, but it grows in many parts of the world. This tree is known for its amazing health benefits, source of vitamins, and few other things. This tree was and is still referred to as the wonder tree, the divine tree, and the miracle tree. Therefore, to understand this unique tree, I have decided to host an amazing person. She's food entrepreneur, mom entrepreneur, international festival director and project manager and co-founder of Roots Foods, Jacqueline Hansen. Not only she will tell us about her amazing journey, but also about a recent product launch. Hey Jacqueline. Hey Elvis. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. How is uh, autumn treating you? The Danish <laughs> autumn. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of rainy days, so you have to pick yourself up and, you know, lots of uh, pillows and coziness in the office with some good moringa tea. And that's where comes the hygge word, right? Exactly, yeah. To and cope. <laughs> That's cool. Based on your LinkedIn profile, feels like entrepreneurship has been a, a big part of your life. Therefore, I wanted to ask you, what does it mean to you, entrepreneurship? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think entrepreneurship for me is to enter something and to start something. Some of the projects that I've done has not really been an entrepreneurial business, as you would put it, but has been project that I started out of pure passion, uh, non-profit projects, um, stuff that I just wanted to create, or a lot of it has also been co-creation with other people. You know, I got this idea, let's do this, let's have fun. So that's entrepreneurship for me. But I believe that, you know, passion has to be behind every startup, you know, because without passion, there is, I mean, there is no execution and there is no willingness and dedication to achieve any of that thing. And that's why also I say that, you know, I'm trying to turn my passion for music and voice and stories into actually a lucrative career. Mm. It's a long journey, but it takes a while. Anyway, since, you know, we started with entrepreneurship, I have also decided to implement something new. Mm -hmm. called the entrepreneurial rules and as I usually say that you know all of us also me we follow some certain rules and written written but uh, there are some rules that helps us to cope with daily stress uh, with obstacles with uh, achieving the goals and you know reaching our targets faster so mm -hmm. therefore I wanted to ask you personally what are your entrepreneurial rules? Good question uh, I think so you, you're mentioning it's also kind of like unwritten rules. And I guess it's also a journey from when I started Roots Food and until today, I would say that there's some different factors that is important to me when I drive my business. And one of them is your mental health. You have to be 
able to cope with the stress and cope with the um, challenges and the unforeseen things that's coming around the corner. Uh, it's not for everybody. It wasn't really for me in a period. And then I, I learned how to, to cope with it. So I think making sure that you're happy for what you do, no matter how busy it gets, don't let it kill you. I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs and I know people who has been having too hard of a time starting with the passion and then slowly dying because of the challenges that they hadn't expected. So that's one thing. Another entrepreneurial rule, which is kind of related, is to don't take it home. Try not to take too much of your work home. It's difficult because we have this unwritten rule to work 24-7 and it's difficult when you get inspired in the middle of the evening and when you're with your family. But it's important to try to sometimes, you know, now you're with family, now you're with your children and have a son. So it's also important for me to kind of try to balance that. One of my other important rules at the moment is obviously this is a very common one. And that's to uh, connect with a team that can do something that you can't and who are much better than you. That's not something new. For me, it's my CFO and strategic partner, Daniel Alonso. But he also helps me put in some strategies and numbers where I can see further ahead. And in that kind of plan and in that strategy, the next other rule, which is should be co closely connected to that, is to follow your intuition. It's not always easy to follow your intuition because a lot of the time, sometimes things can go against your intuition. And when you feel it's not really right and why, but oh, I have to do it because I have to make that sales target. I have to do it because, you know, I have to push this way or else I'm not really making a business, etc. So follow your, follow your intuition is, is also something that I think is, is very important. But yeah, then just my rule is like at least have fun several times a week when you do this. Because you, you sacrifice so much to do it, right? You, you know, one of one of the f people I follow, and um, there are mixed feelings about this person. It's Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm -hmm. He says a thing that, you know, and I saw a lot of entrepreneurs I have been interviewing on this show are saying the same thing that you ha have to, even though there is this thing that, you know, we have to work 24-7 to achieve our goals and all that stuff. Yeah. We still have to have life-work balance. Mm. And as you mentioned right now, that you also have to spend time with your family and you have to find time, even though as much as you want to achieve and as much as how much things are on a line mm. for you, you have to spend time with your family, friends, because they are the people going to actually help in a moment when you are down, when something is burning down. And, and also, since you mentioned about mindful entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. I also have seen that you are pretty active on Instagram with mm -hmm. this mindful entrepreneurship. Maybe you could tell more about it. What is that goal with it? Because I really get inspired and it's really like, it calms me down when you're saying different kind of things and you're sharing your journey and you're telling how we should approach mm -hmm. entrepreneurship journey. So therefore, I wanted to ask you since, you know, I'm talking to you right now. Yes. So it's been a long actual spiritual journey, not religious. You know, I do have a family who's Catholic, but it's, it's not religious. It's, it's more about self-development and, and some sort of spirituality. And I've always been interested in, in meditation. I've always been interested in, you know, the law of attraction and how can and what can you attract. And at one point when I was pregnant with my son, who's almost two years old now, I was 
it was a very stressful time with Roots Food. We didn't know where we were going and there was a lot of challenges and I just couldn't, you know, there was parts of my ego, parts of my uh, hormones of being pregnant. There was a lot of things going on that I was like upset too many times and it wasn't worth it looking back. It wasn't worth feeling like that. But often when you're feeling like that, you come to a point of, okay, either you stop all this, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Either you stop it, take a job, or you pick yourself up and say, I don't want to feel like this anymore. And when I gave birth, I decided to, to not feel like that anymore. I couldn't come home being devastated or being stressed and have a infant, <laughs> a baby. It's, it wasn't his fault. And I was just, if I have to do this, I have to enjoy what I do. And so actually the whole mindfulness process started, even though I've always been interested, it started more consciously to be a part of my self-development and my business by meditating every day. Even if I had no, like, it, it, I wasn't even thinking about manifestation at first. I was just thinking first and foremost about if you can be happy today and just make sure that your mind is calm and you have a good day, then that's, that's already good. You know, you got everything to win, nothing to lose. And then try to like not see all the stress scenarios. Oh my God, we're going bankrupt. Oh my God, you're not selling enough. How do you get your pay? How do you get your salary? How can you feed your son? Okay, I mean, that's very dramatic. I do have my boyfriend and do have some, a lot of family to help me out. So he would never starve. But you know, these, these, the responsibility is, is heavy on, on you suddenly. When you're a parent and it's suddenly not like yourself on a couch and whatever you'll, you'll manage, you know, and... And yeah, so, so that started. And I've always been thinking about one of my favorite quotes from Jim Rohn. And Jim Rohn is one of the first American self-development coaches in a way, but he's, he's already dead and he was preaching about this already in the 70s. And that was, um, he says, work more yourself than you do your job. Work more on yourself than you do your job. And I never quite understood it. But suddenly this whole process of the mindfulness process started to reflect and started to attract and started to suddenly, in the calmness that I could get, I suddenly got results and I suddenly got things turning around for the better. And I realized, and I'm still in the process of realizing that your business is so much a reflection of who you are. And I never really understood that now, but that's become a, something that I've really the reason why I started the Instagram Mindful Entrepreneurship, which is quite new and still like explorative, is to share that journey and to include people in the conversation of how can you not only use it as not being stressed at your startup, but how can you use mindfulness to also attract the things that you want? The law of attraction, talking about money. Like I was so afraid of talking about money just two, three years ago in a way that I was like, okay, you're a bad person. If you're, you know, I, I, the, the Filipino family I have is not that poor, but there's a lot of poverty in the Philippines in a sense of you feel bad if you have too much money because then you're an evil person. Like all these things, this, these are all energies and vibrations and understand how they actually work for you when I, all the time without you even knowing it. So um, I wanted to connect that with the food businesses that I run um, and just to improve that and to meet the community because I'm definitely not there yet on how to use it fully. But I just think that the power of manifestation and law of attraction is, is within us. And I think it's something that's really interesting to be more cautious about and conscious about in your startup. That's very interesting. 
I do also recently, four months ago, I turned vegan. Mm-hmm. Also, I start uh, doing yoga because through all the stress and obstacles and weather outside and all other <laughs> stuff that comes up with yeah. you and you're just not expecting it. Yeah, for sure. It helps me to calm down and become into like one, into balance and understand what is the next step I'm going to do, how I'm going to approach it. And also when I do yoga, it helps me to forget about everything. Yes. Don't think about nothing. Yes. You just, you're in the moment. Yeah. You're yourself. You understand who you are, yeah. what you're living maybe for. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. And when you open your eyes, you are like a new person, I would say. But I also wanted to ask you about this meditating stuff. How meditating have helped you? Yes. <clears throat> so the beginning of the meditation, I mean, I do it every morning for 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and it's a guided meditation. So it's nothing particularly very deep or anything uh, transcendental uh, yet. And it's not about necessarily closing or quieting your mind 100%. It's more about visualizing and getting that feeling that you're already living that full potential. You already have it. You're already a CEO. You're already um, having your food business running at a high level. You already have that apartment. You already live there in that place where you wake up and you make your moringa latte or you make your smoothie, etc. And you're already there with your kids and your, you know, your family and all these things. And and just by putting those images into your mind in a guided meditation makes you instantly happy for whatever that could make you happy. Now, that was just a few things that would make me happy, right? So whatever you want to visualize in that meditation and and then your intention and your purpose. I think if we can constantly look every day to try to just have small steps. What is my intention today? What is my purpose? Is Is it a part of my purpose, what I'm doing today? I think I spent a lot of years not really consciously working towards my purpose, just, you know, being. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it was fun. I was just being in a bar and drinking and have fun. But it's like, a, an, um, I mean, but there's also a lot of times with just the days just swallows. Like, what did I do that whole year? Like, what did I do? I did, did nothing to make an impact on this planet or in my own life. And so the way the meditation definitely, uh, to get back to your questions, has, has helped me is the first step of the first couple of months was to get rid of the, I was never really stressed, stressed in that sense, but uh, of, of being um, stressed that I couldn't work, but just I was getting better at being at work. Uh, I was more calm. I didn't stress out. I didn't, I, and I, I made a rule and I still try to follow that rule is that when you get an email that gets you like agitated, oh no, I that's not what I meant, I have to answer, blah, blah, then you don't answer. That's the wrong vibration of answering it. So I got better in like not letting these things control me. So just say, wait with that email, think about it, talk with your business partners about it, and then write that email and then send it off when you're in a good state, right? Or when you've just like breathed. I think one of the things is that it made me less fearful because there's a lot of things to be afraid of when you have a startup. Um, mainly is that you know it's if it's not going to work what is the personal consequences the image outside we still have like we keep on talking about failure culture we keep on talking about failure culture we should fail and learn fail and learn fail forward but it's still a fact if you have a bankruptcy in your paper people will still mm, not really you know accept you for that which is crap because there's a lot of people who've had bankruptcies or who have like done all these things and who's still been managing to come back and take all that into something new and then 
blossom into an, another startup project that makes a huge impact on the planet or on the community or whatever, right? So to get back to that's the first part was to more mainly not get fearful, well, right? And then after that, the second part, I really felt that I started to manifest things. So I got really grateful and I started to do gratitude into my meditation. And uh, yeah, I'm still on that journey. So it's quite recent. I think it's end of last year that I started it. So it's just nearly a year that I've been uh, practicing it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, it, meditation for pe- uh, different people are in different ways. You know, yes. we approach it in different ways and the way you approach it. Yeah. And I think it's, it's whatever works for, for you as an entrepreneur. It doesn't necessarily have to be 10 minutes, 15 minutes or anything. It could be five minutes in the morning just to not necessarily clear your mind, but just to say, what's my intention today? It can start like that. It's definitely gotten easier for me. I don't feel that 10 minutes is 10 minutes. I feel it's like three minutes. So I'm considering of increasing it because it feels light for me. But that's, of course, I've done it almost nearly a year now, right? I mean, practice makes it perfect. Yeah. What basically is your personal life goals with all this um, mindful entrepreneurship, roots, foods, and all other things that you are involved invested in? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's always to try to live your full potential. And the full potential for me can be different for everyone else. But the full potential for me is that I think I can run a life where I hopefully can inspire some people. That's very intangible, but like very fluffy, but very tangible. I love working with the Philippines, where my mom is from. I am so grateful to have grown up in Denmark. Um, I'm very Danish, so <laughs> that's, that's, nobody can take that away from me. But I love to see the impact that I could have in the Philippines in the future. The other day I was actually on my bike and I was thinking, what's your purpose if you really get to have a lot of money with your business? Because I didn't dare think about being a millionaire before because I was like, oh, if you think you're being a millionaire, you're just being like an, an evil capitalist as I talked about before, right? But now I was like, if I, get, if I become a millionaire, when I become a millionaire in my businesses, I want to invest in other uh, creative start, uh, social in- entrepreneurs in the Philippines. I mean, I believe all the people who are empowered are moving out of the country or have always been overseas workers. You know, I just read the other articles about Filipinos building the healthcare system in Australia in the 70s. And now they've lived there in the, and they have their grandkids there, right? And that's just one story out of millions. It's always like that. They move to the States, to Europe, to everywhere else. And the country is left in a despair. And that's a long sociopolitical discussion about the state of the country and um, poverty. But just to say that I think there's a huge, huge opportunity there to help them out, to inspire, to, you know, give people their own right to live their full potential. I think it's a human right to be able to live your own full potential. I don't think people should be necessarily charity cases. Talking about the full potential, in what stage are you currently in your potential? Uh, a year ago, I was in despair about where to go, uh, if I should close Roots Food or we should close Roots Food. And I didn't know where to go, you know, sell the last Moringa that we have and uh, and just close it. But I just also knew that there was so much. I'm, I knew that every day that I was doing this, that I wasn't doing what I could do. You know, I knew I could do much better. So I think your full potential is, my full potential is still going to be a journey. I think I have 
maybe 10 years more of full, full potential to get there. And I want to run a multi-million business, right? I want to have a business that is global, international growth and makes a good impact on the people that I have under me. And at the moment, with Roots Food, we are restarting, right? And then this summer, I attracted a job with a vegan ice cream company, which is already in the supermarkets and the popsicles and 7-Eleven, because the, the founder, Christina, she wanted to... Uh, live out her own full potential by being a helicopter um, pilot in, in the US. So I started slowly to take over as the CEO. And then I recently begot, became full member and I mean, full partner and taking over the ice cream company. And for me, that's already a huge step to run something that's more operational and there's more responsibility and there's more arms and more salespeople and deeper into the food industry, which I think it's, it's, it's amazing. It's a tough business, but it's also really, really fun. And so I'm already on that path of becoming who I really am. I think that I told my, my business partner some months back, I said, you know what, if I don't have to be a founder anymore, I'm fine with that. If it's if I'm supposed to take over brands who's been running for three to five years and be able to kind of like kick off or export, I think I think that's where my full potential lies. I think I was like done with the, you know, small of packaging everything myself and doing everything in, in a small kitchen and selling to friends and family. Like I, I was done with that. Like I want to go um, next level. And since Roots Food was not ready for the next level, I got this opportunity. I thought also it was amazing because there were some synergies about the, the vegetarian, vegan market and still something that, you know, even though it's two different businesses, still something that I, I hope to see in the future that I somehow can bridge and maybe even under the umbrella get another food business or collab with other people to kick something off because it doesn't necessarily have to be my brand like Roots Food. It doesn't have to be, oh, my founder's stories for me to wanting to scale it and get it out. Since you started already talking about Chris Ice Cream, and I also saw that on your LinkedIn profile, among that you are a co-founder of Roots Foods, you also are president in Chris Ice Cream and Pinoy's, <laughs> which I understand is still part of your daily routine. All of these things. Yeah. Therefore, I wanted to ask you, first of all, how do you cope with all this? Yes. And second of all, uh, you must have gained a lot of experience. So is there any gained experience that you have brought from Pinoy's and Chris Ice Cream into Roots Foods that helped you to launch the 2.0? So um, just to clarify, Pinoy's Festival is, um, is a collective we are all, except for one, have all f uh, Filipino blood and based in Europe. And we all have a passion for the arts, uh, film, contemporary dance in, in the Filipino upcoming art scene. And so that's something we've we worked on project based. So it's not something that takes um, my day to day, Monday to Friday hours of work at the moment. Uh, it's very project based. And last time we had an event was in Manila. And uh, earlier this year where we had, you know, the embassy and Nordic artists flown into Manila to do something there. So that's something we've done it a couple of times in Manila, a film festival in Paris and a couple of times here in Copenhagen where we flew artists over. So that's like, it's more of a, that's the nonprofit project-based festival that we do. So that's connecting a lot of friends and artists uh, from the Nordics and, and the Philippines. So basically 
obviously what I've taken from Chris and more specifically into the food business is something that I guess is for 2.0 I knew already. It's we knew, we've known it for a while. We just didn't know how we could get there and financially and resources and how do we get there. We knew one of the first lessons is that it's not enough just to sell an ingredient. We were hoping and thinking it would be the next matcha, but we quickly learned that we need to product develop. We need to make some products that are easy and tangible and you can't be too innovative, innovative. So in a way, if you introduce something to the market, like it's very difficult to introduce moringa powder as an ingredient with new recipes in a very difficult um, chia porridge, something that people are not really used to. But if you introduce it as a tea, it's more simple, you know, so you can't have too many new things. Um, second part is that creating a brand and creating a story. I think that's the biggest lesson. And I would say what. With all the respect for the first design we had, which was amazing, and it was where I was at that time. It was all about eat happy, be happy, and trying to be like this fun brand. But it wasn't the purpose of the ingredients and the supply chain and the farmers and the story that we wanted to work with. And so the whole purpose of Roots Food 2.0 is mindful energy. And it's so much more aligned to even my own personal story. But it's also more aligned to what it is, the ingredients, the products that we develop, what they're there to give you. And that's mindful energy because we have the tendency of being like, ah, you know, coffee, 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 and then we crash, right? And we need something that can keep, keep like a sustainable energy throughout the day. So that's what our core is defined as and something that we've worked with for this 2.0. And then obviously I had, I mean, a great team, but I also had a lot of uh, team that was in and out. And so this time around, um, other than my, uh, my, my business partner and CFO, I got two girls, um, one uh, catcher who's really great in, in communication and writing and everything from social media to, uh, to PR and all these stories uh, fixed on my team. So they are not leaving me. <laughs> and a uh, second one is uh, Sasha from Thriving Studio, who was with me already a year ago in the process of redefining the new Roots Food, right? So these two girls are with me every time we work on Roots Food. And I think it's not only moral support, but it's also like critical eyes. You have some people who are not in and out all the time, who knows, what going, who knows what's going on and who's trying to understand so that I can focus really on the sales process. I think it's important to have people who you can, you know, ask for opinions and mm. criticalize because you see from, I'm personally me, I see from one side, but I usually like when somebody else also gives me a feedback because, you know, it's important. It makes you stronger. And since you already start talking about Roots Food, so what product does Roots Food offer? So um, we started with working with Moringa, which is known as the Miracle Tree. And in the Philippines, it's used to eating the leaves from the tree for uh, soups. It's also used in some buns or some bread called uh, malungay pandesal. And it's something that's already mandatory um, in the schools for the kids to eat to get nutrition. Um, it's used to fight mal malnutrition for people who do don't have a enough nutrition in their diets. And I saw the potential when the typhoon hit in 2013. 
um, it affected two million people, and a lot of people died, and a lot of farmland of uh, coconut farms was was destroyed. And we realized that the moringa could give an alternative business because of the rays of the superfoods in Europe, and the tree grows extremely fast. So within nine months, you have a full tree. But the coconut trees, who were all destroyed, it takes up to nine years before you can harvest. So we saw there was like a potential to help out for the biodiversity, but also to import to a market who was more and more interested in in uh, powerful nutrition and health. And then I saw that the, I could link, you know, my personal story to the Philippines and and the North and the Nordics, right? And then we wanted to develop products out of the moringa, and so we got the moringa as in powder, which could be used for juices and moringa latte. And then we have the flakes, which is really great for the herbal teas. And so we started with that and then we made some teas in tea bags and in some like cute square boxes. And we sold nearly 2,000 of those. And looking back, I mean, I'm saying that there was a real struggle and it was so hard. But looking back, we actually did sell almost a ton of Moringa. We mean, we moved a ton of Moringa. And in that sense, that's what we've bought from the Philippines and importing directly. Yeah, so that was the first intention to make these healthy products to people. But it was also really, I mean, that was crazy because I didn't know anything about nutrition. And I really had to learn about nutrition. And secondly, I had to sit there with the food authorities here because you're not allowed to say it's healthy. You're not allowed to claim this and this and that. And so that was really difficult because we didn't know how to sell it then. It will, you know, if I can't say this and I can't say that, and how do I get there? But I managed uh, still to get out in some really good shops and some Bioforce, which is an online health, uh, health chain, um, who has a lot of health products there, a Hilsakost, and Melanvine in Magasin. So we managed to kind of like establish a small niche market and have some clients who were always like stable and who always supported us at the, you know, at the fairs, at the yoga festivals, etc. Is Is that the reason that you chose Moringa because other day when I was preparing to meet mm. up with you, I thought that there are other herbs and plants that provides health benefits, mm -hmm. such as, for example, sage, turmeric, ginger, bay leaves, garlic, mm. and you know, there are more and more yeah. and more. Why? Why Moringa? <laughs> especially you focused on yeah. Moringa. Yeah. So Basically, it was the story of uh, after the typhoon to plant Moringa tree and because it was completely new. In hindsight, I would have wished that I had launched four different products. It would have been much better for a class cash flow to get something in that people knew. So had spent the money in differently, not only just Moringa. So if I could have launched Moringa powder, turmeric powder or whatever, just doing a superfood series or what is it that we want to do? We were always between should it be powdered or should we also product develop? And so we always had a dream to also make snack bars. And I was not really myself into totally only having powders. I think the food is the interesting part when you can develop something from it. So you're absolutely right. We could have, I could have worked with other superfoods. And it was also the intention. We have a lot of interesting ingredients in the Philippines. And so why only the, not necessarily only the Philippines, but, and why not local? We were talking before about like local produce and the environment footprint. Problem is that if you not, if you don't empower the farmers in the rural areas, you do that by paying a premium price for the product then the Filipinos will not pay the premium price for the product because they're in the Philippines. 
And so the Philippines is quite isolated. There's not like Bangkok is three hours away. It's also other Asian countries. So you need to get quite far out to get the premium price that can make a sustainable business. The alternative is that they go into the city, that becomes more poverty, they go into the slums, all these things. So I'm sure, I mean, I'm all for other local production, but sometimes it's also uh, necessary to have some global intervention or global sales and trade before it to be a real impact and, uh, and empowerment of the farmers. So I remember because I wrote my thesis in coconut sugar farming in the Philippines, and it, it was really all about premium price because they couldn't contain those kind of sustainable, organic businesses just selling local. If they were supposed to get out of poverty, that wouldn't work. Are you thinking in the future to go into different products, herbal and plants, offering? And oh yeah, definitely. So at the moment in our new website on rootsfoodnordic.com, we have three herbal teas and three Moringa superfoods. And the superfood powder and uh, the Moringa latte is limited edition only because we want to see like how that goes. It's not necessarily that we just want to work with that. And then just yesterday, I got the samples for our snack bars, which is mindful energy snack bars that we will see if we can launch around January 2020. And these delicious small snack bars are only one with Moringa and the two others are not. So it's going to be all about ingredients that gives you mindful energy. And it's going to be a smaller bar because we don't want to have something that is like a big chunky bar and, and First of all, there's a lot of that on the market. Second of all, we want to have this kind of more ritual around what you eat and what you snack, right? And what you drink. So definitely when you ask me about like, okay, yeah, I could work with every ingredient. I'm also working with ice cream in Chris ice cream, right? And so in Chris ice cream, all our ice creams are coconut based and it happens to come from the Philippines as well. So that's also amazing that I could still somehow be a part of that in, in the ice cream company. But I believe you have to take one thing at a time. You don't, you know, you have to have this, um, as you mentioned in the beginning, you have to take care of your mental health. Yeah, well, there's... And there's be with <clears throat> mind and, you know... There's, there's uh, you know, mindful about your energy yes. and mindful about your days and mindful about how you work with your products and your business and where you want to go with it. And obviously there's, uh, you know, there's only, only so much you can do. And so in a way, we actually had our website on a break for Roots Food. We had it on a break for like, I think, six, seven months or more. I can't remember, like more, maybe around that time because... I was just just not putting more energy into something that I felt was not aligned with who I am and what I wanted to do. And we had sold out the last of our tea products and the last of the Moringa of the old brand. And then we just took a break. I really think that a break is super healthy. I think it's unfortunate that in the startup scene today, it's either you go bankrupt or you have all these responsibilities, you have to pay, you have to get money, 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 and you have to do all these things. And the vibration becomes really like tight and hardcore where I actually think there's, it's, it's healthy with a break. I think it should be allowed that all businesses make, make like, I'm just making a, I'm making a mindful break to sort out everything in my business. I mean, I'm, ha I'm having it now in the ice cream company because that's seasonal, right? So in that sense, it's like I started in the midsummer, sell, 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 understand what is ice cream. Oh my God, it can melt on the road. You know, you need to have all these things in place and go, 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 festivals, parties, blah, blah. 
And so right now it's like slowing down because people are just, you know, in Denmark, they want what they call Ebliskiwa in the freezers, right? <laughs> There's not so much room for a vegan ice cream. There's still ice cream there for New Year's Eve and some beautiful August and stuff. So we're still selling, but it's not as hardcore as a, as a summer. So there's some kind of like the intensity. I mean, maybe it's just also the way that I like to work. I like there's some kind of intensity and, you know, we crunch time, we do the Pinois festival or we do a launch, we do this and we make a party and <laughs> we have a summer uh, full of festivals and then you kind of like get grounded and then you rethink and you look at what worked, works or not. It's just not possible for every business because I understand some businesses do need to have some steady income and do have creditors they need to pay. Um, and I was thinking that while I was reading the story of Lily, if you know that restaurant chain in Denmark, it's a Vietnamese restaurant chain and she's like um, a known person on, on TV as well. And she's been working on that as a, you know, big, it was, you know, all her story was quite personal because they were both refugees. And then her, her and family for 17 years built this trendy hipster, lots of Lily restaurant. And then suddenly she got bankrupt and then the, with a new CEO there. And then the next day she, she opened with another CVR to buy that out. And creditors was like furious because, you know, she went bankrupt, blah, blah. And then she was telling her story. And I'm not sure what the truth is here. There's still some legal issues. My point was that just everybody needs a break once in a while and to kind of like reflect and look at like, how, how's my business going? Well, that's another way of also being mindful for your business, right? Allowing a, a break. To, yeah, a break. And you're like, I mean, I'm, I'm literally saying that it should be legal to have CBRs where you say, you know, now, please tax, don't come after me, nobody come after me, whatever. I just like, I don't want to close. I'm not sure I want to go bankrupt. I'm not sure that I want to da, da, da. But can I just pause? And you can have, you know, maybe you could have some, you know, there should be a law and say you could, you're allowed to do that three times and then you have to, okay, your business is not working, close it. But couldn't that be great? Maybe more businesses would survive. And all this process of CVRs and owner agreement and blah, blah, blah. If you could have some kind of card that you could say, okay. Pause. Pause. <laughs> think. I mean, feel. Yeah. Intuition. Where am I going? Is this the right decision, yeah. right? And I think that kind of helped with Roots Food that we were like, okay, pause, right? Well, I don't know. We just relaunched two days ago. So <laughs> let's see how things will go. There should be some balance, but you know, the tax office has to also earn money. Oh yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not necessarily talking about tax. I'm no, just no, talking just about. I'm dimension. just talking about like the the whole part of, especially when you have startup a startup where stuff can be overwhelming. Yeah, that's true. Just last week, I'll be honest, heard about a name called Superfood because mm. I've been never into this type of powder mm. consumption thing. I had a question that you know, can you actually? substitute superfoods with actual food in a let's say in a shape of a smoothie can that provide you the same nutritional <clears throat> well, values as first of all i'm not a nutritionist <laughs> it's very important to say i'm not a doctor i'm not a nutritionist and your personal health is your own personal health but what i would would say is that you need to eat food and you need to eat fresh food and today we have so much processed crap i even eat a lot of those processed crap but it's important you have a balanced diet and normally here in the north we do have like a good balanced diet so what superfood can give you is is that just little extra you know 
It's not like as if you use Moringa in the developing countries and in Africa to fight malnutrition. It's different because they eat in the Philippines rice every day and then get a fish once in a while. And then the superfood has a huge impact because it grows in the local area. It's easy for them to add to a recipe. But for us here, we need a balanced diet, you know, and then, and I'm always challenging people to say, well, then think about what is your balanced diet for you? If you tell me that every day you drink a smoothie with moringa, I'm not necessarily saying that's healthy. If your smoothie is full of sugar, fruit sugar, and you're eating a cracker for lunch, and then you only have a teaspoon of moringa powder, and then, you know, you need to eat food as well. That's my, my take on that, that it has to be balanced. And I love, for me, I love it more for the mindful energy that I take my moringa latte in the afternoon so I don't crash. I take it for the blood sugar, stabilizing my blood sugar. And since we are talking about the health benefits mm-hmm. and, you know, as actually substituting the food with Moringa or superfood, the other day I also found an article or it's more like a, a research thing mm. in WebMD mm-hmm. about the side effects yes. and the safety of Moringa. Yes. And what are they, they <laughs> what are they writing is that Moringa is with a capital letters possibly safe when taken by mouth or used appropriately. Yeah. The leaves, fruits, and seeds might be safe when eaten as food. However, it is important to avoid eating the roots and its extracts. Yeah. These parts of the plants may contain a toxic substance yeah. that can cause paralysis and death. <laughs> Moringa has been used safely in doses up to 6 grams daily for up to 3 weeks. So I want to ask your opinion on this, since you're into Moringa. I mean, I've been reading the same kind of articles, and I think, I don't know, I've never worked with the bark, so I can't say in the root, I've never worked with it. And that's what they say. And I'm also saying, again, balanced diet. You know, if you take this in a period and then you take something else, I mean, we we recommend a teaspoon a day. That's not even, that's two grams. So we're pretty much on, you know, on a very moderate level. But it's just packed with nutrition. It's uh, 90 plus nutrients and 46 antioxidants and 18 amino acids. So it has all the essential amino acids, which mainly only you can get from meat. So for me, it's, uh, I don't know what to say about it. They've been using the leaves in thousands of years in India. I know that some people get like a, a little bit bad stomach in the beginning when they take the Moringa because it can be like, I don't know if if it's not really detoxing, it's more cleansing and you want to go to the toilet. Um, But that's also very, very, very rare. So it's like any other. When you eat chili, you don't eat like the whole scorpion chili and you just take a little bit of it. So it's, um, and the same with the ginger. You use a thumb size of ginger in your food. You wouldn't put more and then maybe a little bit more if you do like a ginger shot. But that's the same. And then just like, don't eat the root if it says so there. I mean, <laughs> I've never worked with the root. So yeah. When we first started to wanting to import Moringa, there was something called, there's a new rule, import rule called the um, novel foods of 1997. So meaning anything that has come from outside of Europe, if it had not been in Europe before 1997, you would have to have extra permit. And when we were wanted, wanted to do that, Moringa was still on a question mark until they realized, oh, Moringa has already been in Europe, consumed by Asian and Indian, you know, communities. So it's always been here. It's been like, it's the same with turmeric, it's the same 
level of it, right? And so I just got like really fed up with all of these things about safety and well, you have to have food safety. So it's not about, about that, but it's more about the administration and the old, all the um, technicalities about importing and all the money spent on food advice and just like, I, I just wanted to sell it. I couldn't understand. It's a leaf that's a little bit more healthy and it's a leaf and it's a tree that grows really fast and it can empower farmers. So I, couldn't, I couldn't see the problem. But, you know, these things have to be there. So one of the things that I decided that we're not going to do in Roots Food 2.0 is that we're not importing anymore. So all the import is not on me. And the, we have collaborations with production partners um, that are almost in place. So they will produce for us. So that my biggest task will be sales and marketing and creating a brand and telling the story about these ingredients. And so, yeah, that's one of the major changes as well. Like I'm asking the supplier of the ingredients and we had a conversation just a couple of weeks, well, just last week. And I gave him my supplier and I said, you know, if you, I don't mind paying a few kroners more for you to import it and to you make sure because you do this all the time. And it's also part of the process of being an entrepreneur. Yes, you have to sacrifice some stuff and do stuff yourself in the beginning. But it's also about finding out where is your strongest assets? Where is it? What, where, what do you get most of doing? Everything doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be hard, hard, hard in that sense, right? So I wanted to clear all this stuff from my table. And I felt bad in the beginning because I felt I had this pressure also, but you have to do it. You have to do all this boring paperwork and import and, and food safety and testing and laboratories and co E. coli and blah, 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 blah. I was like, why, why am I doing it? Why am I sitting in Aarhus at a lab testing this stuff? It was just not for me. And then I was seeing in the US how another brand working with Moringa from Africa how she was getting investment, how she was rolling out in all the Whole Foods stores. And I was like, why am I stuck in Denmark? <laughs> why am I stuck? Like, I can't, why can't I roll out in Europe, right? So there was a lot of small things like this that was kind of killing me slowly and, and killing Roots Food as well. I mean, the vibration of it was just ended up being like a really bad vibration. So we needed to, to pause and, and to close down the import. You know, I sold, I think I sold most of the, except for what, what we have now, but I, I think I sold 180 kilos cost price <laughs> just to get rid of it to uh, um, a wholesaler and uh, um, a superfood wholesaler in the UK. It's like here, just, just take it cost price. It's fine. As long as I don't lose money on it. So, so you are not responsible for all the value chain. Basically you well, are more into the end part of the value chain. Yeah. And okay. I think that's, I think it's, it's a really important point Parts. when you go into food, especially yeah. when, I mean, are you at one point, I see the same happening with my friends in food, right? So they are right now deciding, should we be the sole producer and produce our products here in our little production side and then maybe get a bigger production? Or should I get someone else to produce for me and go with my recipe and go blah, 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 you know? Every food, when they scale, every food business goes into this kind of decision. You know, my friends, they're standing in the kitchen and chop, you know, cutting or, or repacking or doing stuff like it. And is this, is this what you want to do? And so the producer who's making my snack bar, he has had his own journey of having his own brand. And he's like, we're just private label. We're only going to produce for other people. Because you, you have to at one point. It's just simply not possible to do it all at once. 
And also to find out what you're good at. You know, if you, if you get really bigger, maybe you would also want to do the import. But I think I realized that when I went to Biofarc, which is one of the biggest um, food fair for industry people in Germany, and I realized, oh my God, these people who are selling Moringa here, they're selling tons of different other ingredients. They're just selling kilos of chia, of Moringa, of SAE, of ginger, of everything, of all the ingredients from all over the world. And I just realized we're not a wholesaler. So why am I importing this myself? Why am I responsible for getting all of this through customs and traces system and all this stuff when that, of course, also went wrong <laughs> and it's like, and, and delays and everything, you know, and we lost a big client on it at one point also. But you are, but, but I think that, you know, marketing and actually getting the products to consumers is also important. So you are a very important part of the value chain. Not only yeah, for sure. It's, it's just about saying like, where, where, where is it that you want to place yourself, right? So that's, it's more like that. Yeah. I believe you have to do what you are best at mm -hmm. and then define the missing pieces mm. of your vision. That said, yeah. one of the entrepreneurs, previous one, Jahanzeeb Ahmed, the co-founder of Relevo. Yeah. You cannot be good at everything. You can be good at some things, mm -hmm. but if you're trying to be good at everything, you can just, sorry for my language, fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> but that's amazing. It's an, an amazing, it's so simple. It's really just so simple. And looking back on it, oh, it's so simple. You should have just done this and this and this, you know, but our intention was to go direct. We, we know the farmers, you know, we knew the owners of the Moringa farm. So it was also like, okay, this is our intention. This is our story. So. So it was also hard to let go of that and say, you know, I kind of got upset when I had to send the last Moringa off and knowing that I'm not going to import it myself directly anymore, you know. Even though I hated it so much, it's also part, it's like, you know, it was the direct contact with the farm. And I realized, well, you can always have, you know, I mean, I'm going to the Philippines every year. I can always have contact with them if, if that's what's needed. And so it's just amazing that it is. I, if I had listened to my intuition back then already, you know, if I said, okay, you have to find a solution right now to get out of this. But I kind of just stuck with it because now we had the Moringa and now we were already on a roll, you know. I didn't dare to just throw it out of the window, you know. But you learn from your mistakes, you know, you become better. And as I said myself and as you are must be saying to yourself, you're... Jacqueline 1.0 was in Roots Food 1.0. Mm -hmm. Now is Jacqueline 2.0. It's the better version of who you are. And, For sure. And through all your experiences in Pinoy's, in uh, Chris Ice Cream, in any other places that you've been. And also mm. I saw that you've been a lecturer in CBS a short part of the time. Mm. And the most important thing is not to stop. Just continue because... Mm. Nobody have died from obstacles. No, for sure. So, so just continue what you're doing. And you're good at it. Thank you. After what I have seen online. <laughs> But I also have a listener question. Mm -hmm. Have you actually considered locally sourced herbs or flora in order to eliminate the environmental footprint mm. and introduce or educate consumers to local products? I know you just told me that you are just one part of value chain. Mm -hmm. But it's still, you are putting your face, name, identity on a root food. So mm -hmm. therefore, they may not know the farmers, but they know you because mm. you are the representative root food. Mm. 
So the question is, if if I've considered to use local... Yes, and educate people, actually, the Danish market of actually the herbs and flora that actually is in Denmark. In Denmark? Yes. Well, no, I haven't actually considered that. I think there's other people who would be better to do that than me, to be honest. I think uh, I've always been interested in the more exotic part. I think that's my calling. And I think even when we have to develop new vegan ice cream flavors, I'm going to go the bit more exotic way. So the more, you know, mango and chilies and stuff like that. So so it's nothing to do with that. I don't think it's really interesting. I, I, I love to also taste local. And, uh, and that's the whole purpose of, I guess, this whole Nordic food scene, right? Is that you take what's in the forest and then you consume it nearby. But as I mentioned before, I'm, I'm really convinced that if you need to also have a sustainable economy, we need to kind of bridge some of it. There's some things we don't need to fly over from far, far and away. I understand the environmental impact. I do understand that. But there's also um, the impact of what would then happen. What is the alternatives if people have to not being able to work in their farms anymore and would go somewhere else, right? It seems very interesting to me. All this, I, I th- I, even yesterday, I was speaking to my girlfriend about actually the moringa, and I was also telling her about it, the actual health benefits and mm. the things. And then she said that, why we haven't bought it yet? I said, <laughs> yeah, but you know, we, we just found out about it. I mean, yeah. let's take one step at a time. And since now also I have you, you are making me more curious yeah. to try it. Yeah. But then comes all these negative effects or side effects. Mm. But I guess if you are cautious and you're using... I mean, you know, we've, it wouldn't be sold in the market of Europe if, it, if, it was, if people was dying of it. At this point, I think, I think it's much worse to eat some disgusting meat. I'm not a, I'm not a vegan. <laughs> I mean, we try to eat more plant-based at home, but it's like you, you don't even know like, what they've found when they... When they in Danish you call it tebekel, and when they t- when they call back foods that's been like in freezers forever or in restaurants that's disgust disgusting. I've seen the clean production there is in the Philippines in our farm and how they vacuum pack it and how we put it here in a kitchen and like everything is organic certified. You know, there's I think there's much work you can take in. I think that people just need to know that it's not a cure of eating. 10 supplement pills a day and eating a five spoon or one spoon of matcha, one spoon of acai, one spoon of, of moringa. It's like a whole balanced diet that is important and getting a, a moringa for mindful energy. But also if you look at some other positive reports, as how it's been healing cancer cells, all this stuff. I cannot say that because I'm not a doctor. These are just reports that people have to, I mean, I have to make a disclaimer for this because I'm not allowed to say it as a as a salesperson of this ingredient, but it's, it's just, you know, there's also had some really positive stories. I've met people who were, were sick, so sick, and then they took Moringa. The farmers that I work with, the husband is Japanese at the production in the Philippines, and the woman is Filipina. He was, he was so sick, and then he ate Moringa from the Philippines, and it cured him, and that's why he started, you know, the business. And those stories, there's also a lot of those stories. At the yoga festival, I met an, uh, a guy, I don't think he was a monk, but he was, he was definitely like this meditation, spiritual person. And he was like, oh, yes, I know this from, from India. And it's like, yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it originates actually from Indians. He said, well, um, people with a high sexual drive cannot take it. And it's like, what do you mean? 
because it gives you more of that. So, <laughs> so I don't know, that's not really proven, but it's just saying that it's not, you know, like chili, take everything with a moderate and make sure that it's good for you, right? Yeah, he I read the it. same online about the sexual drive the <laughs> yeah. other day when I was researching Moringa. Yes, yeah. yes. So I don't know. For me, this fall, I've been super sick and I never really get sick. I had like a really ear infection and I had um, my son. So I guess it's also like the season and you have a snotty baby and stuff like that. So things are like... And also in the process of Roots Food and then uh, launching the new site and then still trying to figuring out how to take over Chris ice cream and, and figuring out my team and all this stuff. So there was a lot here in October. And, uh, and I just also realized, oh man, one of the things that I haven't done is I haven't even touched Moringa for two months. Like I haven't even eaten, eaten it because it was just in the cabinet. And then, like I told you, I'm just, we, this is not our fixed office yet. We'll have an, hopefully have another one by next month. So I don't have like a base with my stuff that I could take every day. You know, it's just what I carry in my bag. We don't have the snack bars launched yet with this Moringa inside. And I, and I was thinking, is it because I don't get like enough nutrition? Not necessarily, not only like not been even eating Moringa for two months, but also just, you know, the whole days, days go one day, take the other. And oh God, I, I woke up, I had a coffee, I ate a bun, you know. And then uh, I got something really quick for lunch and, and then I uh, snacked. I didn't even snack a banana or an apple. It was just, you know, whatever was there, another cracker. It's like, okay, where, where the hell is the nutrition in that? And I realized that, you know, it's just also an easier way. It was an easier way to get these things in if you're a little bit busy and you know you're not eating all of the balanced diet, then yes, you can do Moringa once in a while, but I won't recommend it as a, you have to, you eat that every day as a solution in terms of like not eating the apple and the banana and uh, the broccolis, right? Should be something balanced, but it definitely helps when when you're busy to to add that on. I think it's very important to have a balanced diet mm. because I used to I used to do also physical trainings and mm -hmm. then I used to also eat a lot of vitamins and, and supplements and that stuff and then I stopped at some point. And then I, as I mentioned in the beginning, I turned vegan recently. And then I also, because you know, you don't get a lot of vitamins from a lot of vegan foods, mm. as you know, mass produced falafels and yeah. whatever else they're packaging in. I also started using a lot of vitamins. So for the past months, my evenings end with that I'm drinking turmeric and garlic mm. and black pepper pills. Mm. Fish oils, multivitamins, <laughs> C vitamins, D vitamins. Yeah. And I'm only 28. Yeah. And then I'm thinking like, I'm like this, those people who are carrying these packages with seven days boxes. And then you're like, okay, this is Monday. This is Tuesday. I mean, you do what you do. And then plus comes all this stress with entrepreneurship and mm. all. And then as you mentioned, the balanced diet mm. is very important. And just also like enjoy food once in a while. I mean, that's why I'm also working with ice cream because it, it also have to be fun. You know, it also have to be something that is fun and that is making you happy. Right. And people ask me a lot in the beginning. I remember the journey of Moringa and Roots Foods like, why don't you sell it as a supplement? And why don't you sell it as for sports centers and blah, blah. And I think it's like, it's just not for me. It will for others be, but it's not for me. I don't, I would never want to sell it as a pill. Because it's the leaves from a tree that gives you something extra. And you can enjoy it as a tea with other... I mean, the teas that we've developed 
We've done it with like amazing organic uh, blueberry leaves, mint leaves. Mint has been used for hundreds of years for calming your stomach. So we make like a blend of that. So we think it's just to enhancing uh, the ingredients that are out there by bl- making some like really good blends uh, for the tea blends, right? I definitely have to try Moringa tea. Yes. Definitely. I'll give you some. I don't have it with me here, but next time. <laughs> Please. Because I don't have it in this office. <laughs> but, you know, it, we could talk about a lot of things, and I'm really into health and benefits and all the things that we are consuming and all this food production and things. But, you know, all good things has to come to an end, and we are moving into last part. But before yes. we move into last part, I would like to kind of... Uh, do a small recap of yeah. what we've been speaking about, who are you, yeah. and uh, some of the takeaways I got from today's. Mm-hmm. So today we had uh, Jacqueline Hansen, the co-founder of startup called Roots Food, startup which is providing consumers with products which can give them a healthy boost of energy and allow them to be mindful to themselves, their body, and the world around them. Some of the things that you told me that uh, entrepreneurship for you is pure passion, that you wanted to bring the Moringa trees and teas and introduce to the Danish market. And also the things that have helped you entrepreneur- in entrepreneurship journey is meditation that, as you mentioned, can help you to be a better at work, focus and also limit the fears of different kind of things and emails and reports and other other things that we entrepreneurs do daily. Also, you mentioned a saying from one of the people that you follow, mm-hmm. if I can say that. Work more on yourself than your job. And I totally agree with you. You have to remember and remember about yourself before you think about the business because our life is more important than our business. Then I also asked you about, can you substitute Moringa with actual food? And the thing that you said to me is that you cannot, but you can use it to balance your food and diet. Some of the life goals that you have were inspire people, see impact, and uh, when you're going to earn and become a multi-billionaire <laughs> company, help other startups in yeah. Philippines. And I truly admire. It's something that I also want to do with my startup, but it's going to take a very long time to achieve it. Some of the products that you mentioned that Roots Foods currently offer are Moringa powders that can be used for smoothies, yogurts, and you can use it for different products, as well as Moringa flakes that can use be for teas. And also you mentioned something about the, the bars, that only one of them is made of Moringa, that I assume that you are not yet... No. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. To be launched. (laughs) To be launched. Follow up soon. Mm -hmm. Some of the rules that you have mentioned were that mental health is important. Don't take work home. Remember about your family and friends. And uh, follow your intuition. And now I would like to basically ask you, because you've been an entrepreneur for a very long time, and you've been through all this entrepreneurial journey, as, as I saw in your LinkedIn, I want to ask you, what the main key activities would you basically recommend the other entrepreneurs that have helped you to achieve uh, your goals and, you know, be more with yourself and have this balanced entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. 
I think the one important thing for, for young entrepreneurs and one advice that I think is very important to take with them is if you can keep your part-time job for the cash flow of your personal life, for you to be able to afford your beers when you go out with whatever, to have that fun and that base. I think I was very myself quickly advised to you have to work full time and you don't have to work full time. You can very much work on your startup part-time or full-time and then have a part-time job when you don't have kids. <laughs> you realize you have so much time. So especially if you're young and you don't have kids, do work in the weekends part-time, whatever you need to, to get that little cash that you need. It could be something that either teaches you something for your um, startup that gives you energy. Or when I was younger, for me, it was like, I was totally okay just to be a waiter because then I felt like, or in a bar, I was a bartender, it felt like I was out partying anyway, but I wasn't spending money, I was earning, and then you could, you know, do your passion during the weekdays. Whatever works for you, I wish we hadn't paid myself salary so early for the little investment we got. I wish we had spent it on product development or for, like, relaunching stuff and, you know, making decisions and reorganizing ourselves. So keep your part-time job if you can to see to until you really you realize that your businesses really can organically pay your salary or else don't. And then uh, secondly, I think is a bit related to what I've had said before, but it's definitely to it's great to get advice, but seek the correct advice. Seek the mentors who's been down your path. I've had mentors who was great on paper and came from really good positions in the food industry, but they had not had a startup. So they didn't know, didn't know how to advise us at early food startup. But when we got into um, Copenhagen food space, we met a lot of startup people there and more relevant mentors. So I think like find the mentors who's within your industry, but also not necessarily something, someone really high on a chair, but something, someone who's been through that journey as well, who you can trust. I think that's it. And then the last part is really just the more you understand that your vibration is and your being and, and being happy and making, making your work flow easily is already a huge accomplishment, uh, accomplishment and stuff will come back to you. You don't have to sit and be like that hard of doing, doing your job. You should be loving your job. It should be really fun. And even though you spend lots of hours, it should be like coming to you more easily. So yeah, that's the, that's the sum of the things that I would, you know, get paid <laughs> from somewhere else, get a mentor and uh, try to see if you can be mindful in every day when you, when you work and you put so many hours in it. I think we learn a lot. Personally, me, I learned a lot from entrepreneurship and soul journey. And as I agreed with other entrepreneurs, I mean, the worst case that can happen is just you can lose your startup. Mm. But the learnings that comes with it, it's unspeakable. And I wanted to ask you because while I'm listening to you and it's amazing to talk to an experienced person such as you, have you thought about actually putting the thoughts and um, the experiences and all the learnings that you had into actual hard copy of like a book or audio form or a movie or I don't know, something like, you know, because I, I personally, I'd, I allow myself mm -hmm. to say that you are a really admiring and you're really inspiring person. Thank you. With all the experiences that you got. 
And while I'm listening, I'm learning a lot of things. And also from all this Instagram mindful entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. you have a lot of things to say, but it's just you have to tell them. <laughs> yeah, all. I mean, I hope I... Well, first of all, thank you. That's that's a huge compliment. And I think it's because I've always been in a in a position where I feel like if I can do it, then everybody else can do it. And I think if you can uplift others and I guess inspire them or push them a little bit in the in the direction that they want to go and just, you know, then I think I've made a huge impact. And I realized that's something that I've always done in one way or the other. I've always done it maybe also when I was in high school. I remember, or like in, when I was even younger, four, five, sixth grade or seventh grade. And then I had like a reunion years after. And I had a couple of people in the class who were a bit like, I was not popular, but I went around with a popular group. So I was kind of popular, but I was not, I was not bullied or anything. I was just talking to some friends of mine who was, new friends of mine who was talking about how they were bullied. I was not bullied. But I remember some of them, people who were more shy, coming up to me years later and said, you know what, you remember you motivated me. You actually gave me the courage to do this and this and that. And I was literally in shock because I couldn't remember that I've said that. That was just part of my nature that I would go there. Ah, oh, but you can do it. That's not a problem. You know, you because I always believed that people were better than me or if I could do it, oh my God, I'm not even that smart. If I can do it, then everybody else can do it. If I could get my master's degree, I suddenly saw like, if you really want it, everybody can get their master's degree. You know, it's, 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 it's with that kind of passion that I feel like, okay, I have to do it. I have to do it. I have to be a success with this because if then I can do it, oh my God, then everybody else can do it. If they could just see my aha moments and my pat, my, my patterns of doing things, it, it's so easy. Then you can do it as well. And then, um, I, so I think that's, that's the thing that I would love to do with the mindful entrepreneurship, uh, focus in, in, on Instagram, but it's just the journey that's been started. I have to figure out the format and how I want to sh share that story. But um, it's definitely not a bad idea. But I guess it it it's probably lined up. And since you mentioned it, maybe it's something that's gonna take off in 2020. <laughs> Let's hope for that. And the last thing mm. I will ask you is that I am 100% sure that people will like to find you and will like to read about you and will also would like to read one of the articles that you also have written about your journey is to share your social links. Where can yeah. people find you? So they can find me on LinkedIn as Jacqueline Hansen. You guys are welcome to add me there and feel free to say that it's because you've heard this podcast. And then I'm on Instagram called Mindful Entrepreneurship as uh, Jackie. Usually people call me Jackie. And you can just follow there and leave a leave a message. Yeah, that's it. Let's connect, right? And let's yes. make the world a better place. I'll say thank you to you today, Jacqueline. It was amazing talk with you. And I'm sure that also the listeners gonna have a lot of takeaways and a lot of learnings. And I hope that a lot of people will start going to superfoods and trying your actual root foods, moringa teas that I'm definitely gonna try. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but before saying goodbye to you and goodbye to listeners, I want to ask you one more last one question. More. <laughs> okay. And this is about your experiences in this podcast. How was it? Um, it was fun to be a part of this. I think one of the things that uh, that's always nice to put your phone on flight mode and actually have a conversation and reflect. So this was a chance for me this Friday afternoon to 
reflect and connect a bit more. So I want to thank you for that and for, for questioning me because I, you know, I had to kind of like think about things and how to formulate and put all these things that I have inside of me in, uh, in, into a sentence and into structure. So you made me reflect and I think that was, that was really cool. As I also said in CBS, Copying in School of Entrepreneurship, I was pitching one day. I said to them that each of us, we have a unique stories to say. Maybe we feel vulnerable to sell them. Maybe it's filled with a lot of pain and mm. maybe happiness. Mm. But we have to face our vulnerabilities. We have to share our story mm. because what knows what can happen out of it. Mm. And, and now you shared it and now you feel grateful for this. And, and sometimes we have to put our phones on flight mode mm. that I sometimes do in weekend. <laughs> but I'll thank you, say thank you to you again, Jacqueline. Uh, I hope you also have enjoyed amazing podcast and uh, the listeners definitely will enjoy and that will be for me today. Is there anything else you would like to say to the listeners and the followers? No, just thanks for tuning in and do connect. Perfect. Goodbye then. Goodbye. <laughs>